0: Welcome to the first edition of See Africa, Breathe Africa. This is a weekly podcast made to bring Uganda, Rwanda, and the Democratic Republic of Congo closer to you. It's moderated by a travel consultant and cultural tourism expert, Miha Logar, in Rwanda, and an Afrofusion musician, Joe Kahiri, in Uganda. They regularly tap into the international network of Gorilla Highlands experts to answer any question you might possibly have. See
1: Africa Breathe Africa.
2: And so, ladies and gentlemen, we have started the first Sea Africa Breathe Africa in the best possible way. After the words of the famous culture warrior Festo Caguemera, we had Joe Kahiri performing a piece of music just for you. In addition to Joe and me, Micha, there's going to be a rotating cast of Gorilla Highlands experts as
0: required. In this episode, Micha and Joe are helped by Charlotte Beauvoisson, a British travel blogger, Katarina Lanner, an Austrian online community coordinator. Moses Totinahwe, a Ugandan national park tourism warden. And Ramadan Sindigaya, a Rwandan chef. You get to know this team better using the links in the show notes. And in the spirit of the more the merrier,
2: we even have a live guest, Dave. Where are you based, Dave?
3: I'm in the Santa Barbara area, Galita, California, just... It is north of Santa Barbara.
2: Imagine, with such a global cast, It's little Santa Barbara that has the biggest number of participants today? Because not only Dave, also the voice that you have already heard comes from Santa Barbara. I'm going to now ask the voice to get us into the mood and introduce the region that we are so passionate about.
0: The region that we call the Gorilla Highlands has at its heart the Virunga volcanoes that separate and connect three African countries, Rwanda, Uganda and Congo. On and around the volcanoes, fascinating communities of mountain gorillas, grower's gorillas, chimpanzees, numerous monkey species, lions, elephants, giraffes and other wildlife populate the many national parks. Rich rainforests and amazing profusions of birds and vast green vistas Make every travel day one you'll remember. Lying just a little bit south of the equator, the Virungas are pretty close to the middle of the African continent, but they're totally not in the middle of nowhere. The volcano's fertile soils have long attracted settlers, so cultivated lands begin just outside the national park boundaries. Tarmac roads that link Lake Kivu to the Indian Ocean are laid not far from there, and Uganda's capital, Kampala, is some 10 hours away if you hit the highway. Just a tad further, past Kampala, the River Nile leaves Lake Victoria and embarks on the long journey north toward the Mediterranean Sea. We define the wider Gorilla Highland region as Uganda west of the Nile, the whole of Rwanda, and the eastern section of the immense country called the Democratic Republic of Congo. The DRC is as big as Western Europe, so it makes little sense to talk about how far away its capital Kinshasa lies. Rwanda's Kigali, on the other hand, is only a couple of hours away, and that makes it the perfect airport to fly into our region. Visually, this is all green, 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 interrupted by the blue of a hundred lakes. We're high on the Central African Plateau, so the climate is mild and can often get rather cold by night. We've gotten some idea
2: of who we are and where we are, and it's high time we kick it all off. I am first going to invoke the incognito mode because what we need to discuss first
0: is a little bit tricky. The incognito mode is a special privilege for members of our global community who can tune into our live session and ask questions. If they don't want these to be recorded then they can request incognito.
1: There's a little secret for you my brother. This is a little secret for you, my, 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 my sister, you can see, it is incognito, it is incognito, 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 just for you, just for you, just for you, for you, for you, just for you. My guitar has covered some content to protect shy people and show you that we go out of our way to make everybody comfortable in the live sessions that happen every Tuesday. After that, we went straight to a question from our participant, Dave. In general, we'll be picking timeless topics, but Dave wants to join the upcoming Gorilla Highlands Mega Trek, a hiking, cycling, boat and car trip celebrating our anniversary. He's not the only one interested, so let's keep it in.
3: Can I ask this question? With the idea behind the mega trek is 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 in part to raise awareness of the Gorilla Highlands experts and to promote the area to promote um, support of some of the efforts. It's such an exciting trip, and I know that you know with the the COVID situation is being the primary thing that's slowing people down from travel. What are, what are the intentions behind the design of the trip in the first place? Can you outline those?
2: Without doubt, the primary reason is getting good people together and having fun as we celebrate 10 years of the Gorilla Highlands Initiative and 20 years of BediRisa, the mother organization. However, whatever we do at any point is, at the end of the day, about promoting the spectacular Gorilla Highlands region towards the outside world. This is not going to be about Gorilla Highlands experts, but about the destination. We plan to do a lot of media activity as we begin almost on the border with Uganda, because Rwanda's Lake Burera is so close, then go under the Virunga Volcanoes to the shores of Lake Kivu, experience the whole Kongonao Trail, the world-famous hiking route, to then ended in Congo, Biega National Park, the gorgeous city of Bukavu. So we have it almost all covered and we hope it can convince people that this is the place they need to see. In short, promoting the Gorilla Highlands region and what's possible here is what drives
3: us. Thank you. That's very helpful.
2: With Dave satisfied
1: and motivated to bring more of his friends to the mega trek, we were ready to reach into the mailbag.
0: Traveler's question, is there any typical and tasty food that I simply must try while I'm in the region? I love food.
1: And I can't claim to have the biggest experience because I think that Ugandan food varies very differently depending on what region that you're in. So from the central region, which is what you probably encounter immediately as soon as you arrive at Entebbe, First of all there's a lot of matoke so we have many varieties of bananas here matoke is one of them and matoke is harvested it, it doesn't turn green so it's taken off to a lot of starch then they like take it and peel it and it's boiled or steamed and then um most of the time it's like mashed together so it's it it's kind of gummy pasty, and yellow yeah and it's served with like chicken With anything that has gravy on it um, or stew And, and Matoke is an interesting food because what I found is that most visitors like either really like it or really don't like it there's hardly there's hardly anybody who's in between but also the wonderful thing is about is that when you eat the local cuisine they will typically serve you more than just Matoke, you probably get matoke with potatoes, kalop, which is like millet. That's just how Ugandans typically do. Like we don't have one starch. We probably have like four different carbs in the same meal. The thing I think is that's really fascinating to try out in central Uganda is luombo. And it's wrapped like a little parcel in in a banana thingy and then it's steamed um it you know and then it's got in like veggies like uh you know onions tomatoes and stuff the luombo my favorite luombo is the g-nuts with meat i think other people call it peanuts g paste with meat in it so i find that quite fascinating and i think i think it's it's tasty i think it's likable but it, i guess it depends on your palate when you come to western uganda we have a shaboe which is quite fascinating i think you can have it with kalo, you can have it with different types of food but shaboe is made from milk and it's n- not really like yogurt or anything it's creamy and a little bit salty and then you have it with like calor, you have it with with you know potatoes with peas with beans shaboe is nice yeah, then there, there, there are cuisines from northern Uganda, which I find are really great, like the bo. There's what's called bo. you probably find it in Kampala as well, but I don't think you'll find it west of Uganda. It's, it's like a green leafy plant that's cooked in, in gin sauce, and you can have that with, like, kalo. That's what comes to mind um, immediately when it comes to Ugandan food.
3: Rama, you have experience from both countries. What would you as a Rwandan eat in Uganda?
4: When I'm in Uganda, so uh, I used to eat the local food, which is uh, the luombo and those peeled uh, matokis. So <laughs> they're very nice. But also, you'll find a lot of food on the road, so especially the meats. Uh, uh, it's different to our Rwandan side. So it's not like our habit to have a, a food on the road. So you can find raw food. So fruits, vegetables, but cooked food on the road. So it's
3: different to Ugandan side. So in Rwanda, um, Chef Rama stays in Kigali. Um, I stay in Musanze, about two hours of bus, transport between these two places, buses just stop at one market at one specific place halfway, where you go out, get whatever you want to want to eat and continue. Of course you find small markets, if you are with your own car you can stop and get um, produce from farmers direct, but that's it. In Uganda, in those two hours, you would find like 20 places to so whenever, whenever the bus stops, even for one second, people would attack you with chicken on, on, on sticks and everything else like hundreds of times, uh, surrounding buses with all kinds of treats that you can just buy straight through the window. That's the big difference uh, uh, between the two countries. Chef Rama also, produced a very interesting piece that we are going to put the link of into our show notes about how to grab a couple of things by yourself and prepare your own little healthy meal. I'm going to put in another uh, link to our good old article about the Rolex. I don't know how come but nobody so far hasn't mentioned the famous Ugandan Rolex, which isn't a watch. It's basically a rolled chapati with an omelette in, and if you like lucky, some avocado. And that is the number one street food of Uganda. You are going to find that everywhere. It's delicious. Uh, Charlotte, you are a foodie. Please, please tell us more about what one really needs to try in Uganda, everyone.
5: You know, actually, I think Rwanda has lots of really interesting snacks. I did write a blog about food that you can find in my Sanse bus park, actually. So this was a time when I was travelling on my own um, public transport. And you have, like, the hard-boiled eggs. So, so somebody will come up to you with a basin of hard-boiled eggs and some salt and, I think, chili as well. And what I like about Rwandan food is um, it's a little bit more spicy. Bit more tasty, I think, than Ugandan
3: food. Katrina, what do you miss? What do you dream about six six years on? Is it just Rolex, or are there any other special things that you would eat immediately when coming
6: back? Uh, definitely, Rolex is high up on the list. But what I also really remember is the honey. Maybe it was just when we were at Lake Bunyoni, but we had this amazing, yeah, local honey, and I can still remember the breakfast with like the pancakes and the, just the fresh honey. Like, I've never tasted such good honey in my life. So I hope I can hunt down the honey when we are there. And I think we had it from a local beekeeper, right? From the region. Yeah, yeah, those are
3: everywhere. Any country yeah. you go to, they're going to be amazing uh, locally produced kinds of honey.
6: I'm also a big fan of sweet potatoes. And I have to be honest, before I traveled to Uganda, I was not a big sweet potato. Either. I'm not even sure if I've really eaten a sweet potato before. So that's something, it's really basic, of course, it's not really a dish. But I've really enjoyed eating sweet potatoes. And ever since then, I really yeah, eat sweet potatoes now also in Mexico.
3: Yes, and we definitely also need to add that in bigger towns, and especially in the cities, you can find anything. You are not going to be hungry in our region, for sure. Our next question
0: is... Traveler's question. Are there any big and dangerous snakes around?
1: I mean, there have been, you know, stories of snakes. But on a general level, I have not encountered... I mean, I've lived in Uganda almost all my life. I've not... I've encountered, like, little snakes once in a while in the garden. Not so much. Um, I've not found snakes to be adventurous, trying to come into the house or near human beings they tend to avoid human beings as as per my experience i've not seen much of
3: snakes in my 20 years in this part of the world i think i saw a snake once i'm not really interested in digging for them if you work in the fields you might see them more often but this is not what people usually imagine this is not the jungle so having a contact with a snake is a relatively special event. So from that perspective, I wouldn't be too worried. I I would never imagine myself before coming to Africa, actually walking barefoot all around the place, but I do it because I know how unlikely it is that something is going to happen. And now passing the microphone to Charlotte, who has more expert knowledge.
5: Thank you for that build-up Mika. Uh, yes, I did say to them, let's not talk about snakes, let's not answer that question, and the reason why is that I met a British lady last week, and she said, oh, I'm, I'm Googling, um, I, I suddenly thought I might want to go to Kenya on holiday, and I said, well, if you want to go on safari, why don't you come to Uganda or Rwanda? And um, she said, oh, I haven't thought about that. And then she sounded quite interested in everything I told her, the gorillas, and, and the game drives, and then she said oh do you have snakes and i didn't really want to answer that question and um i but i said yes and her face dropped she was like i just really didn't want to talk to me much <laughs> after that um and so i tried to downplay it and the thing is with a snake is if um they you know because they've got their whole body flat on the ground They hear you or feel you coming um, and they will normally completely disappear. And um, so, you know, if there is one or two around, they will, you know, they will have gone. And um, so you're very unlikely to see them. And if you do, it's most likely to be something like a house snake, which is totally harmless. Um, But Africans don't like snakes. So they will make sure that there are none around the lodge or wherever you stay. Um, So it's, it's actually only tourists that generally want to see them. In fact, noticed that my African friends like, no, I don't want
3: to see the snakes, thank you very much. Snakes seem to be having an image problem in Africa because of a very strict interpretation of the Bible. So the snake is this evil thing that needs to die. So I know I usually pity snakes. They're beautiful creatures, they're hard to find, but uh, I, I, locals, locals would kill them immediately.
5: Yeah, I, I, and you're right, snakes do have an image problem and 80% of snakes um, are not venomous, only 20% are venomous. And even if you were to get bitten by a venomous snake, it doesn't necessarily release the venom or not. I've, I've actually done a snake bite first aid course recently, so um, it's a bit of a pet subject for me. But there are rare occasions where somebody does get bitten and and it's lethal, but people who get bitten are farmers. They are, they are local people who are out in the field and they are digging um, or they're cutting a tree or something and they get bitten on the handle or the foot. Now that's just simply not going to happen to you as a tourist.
3: Moses wrote an article about the dangers of national parks, specifically about his Mkahinga Gorilla National Park, and he didn't mention snakes much. Maybe he wants to add and enlighten us on snakes in Mgahinga National Park.
7: <laughs> yeah, thank you. As I agree with you, in our region here, our snakes are not so common. Maybe it might be attributed to the, the cold environment. But if you go to warmer areas like Savannah Parks of Queen Elizabeth, uh, Semuriki National Park, uh, Marshall Falls, definitely there are snakes. I've encountered several many snakes in Queen Elizabeth National Park. Even in my home village, there are snakes there, but we have one species of snakes in the forest—a very small green snake. Which which you have I've seen it I think twice in my nine years in Mgainga. <laughs>
5: I've not
6: seen a I've not not seen a single snake. And I was four months in East Africa. So I think you are indeed lucky if you see one. And I think people also forget that there are snakes in Europe. eh? For example, in Austria, we have a lot of snakes.
3: Thank you. Um, We're going to end with a different but profound question.
0: Traveler's question. What are the people of the region proud of? (laughs) I find
3: that question very profound. (laughs) Very
6: interesting, yeah.
3: Yeah.
7: Moses, what are Ugandans? proud of? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite uh, hard for me now <laughs> to answer, but uh, one, I would say, they are proud, most of them, they are proud of their culture. Because uh, when you go to, depending on where you are, you really see that people vary their culture so much. You do something, then they say, no, this is not how we do it in, here. So, their culture is what I would say they are proud of.
1: I think on a general level ugandans believe that uganda is the most beautiful country in the whole world with so much natural resource so much uh gifted so much by nature we're proud of our rivers and lakes and mountains and valleys and the source of the Nile and all the wild animals that can be found here that can't be found anywhere else in the world, you know, gorillas. If you come to Kabale together you'll find people are very proud of their work ethic. They're proud of how they're able to you know the things they're able to do with their hands. They're proud of strength. They're proud of courage. They're proud of being able to speak out and stand tall and talk straight and and be loud um you know in Buganda, it'll the opposite they're proud of their ability to to talk smart and be and be diplomatic and be polite and use their speech and stuff to just get things in in, in ankole you'll find that they're proud of cows livestock is a big deal like you have a lot of livestock you have, that's something to be proud of they love cows like cows are almost like family you know um there's a joke that banyankole would probably sleep like have cows in the same house probably with beds and stuff so it's just a joke but they do love having cows and lots of them and they're proud of them and also um, everybody would be proud for his woman to be fat for every man um so women being fat is looked at a sign of riches, a sign of wealth and aristocracy. And so and so you, you, you feed the females in your household with a lot of uh, creamy stuff, milk and cream and ghee and stuff, and just try and get them to have that fat, healthy look, and so that people can look at them and admire and just be like, oh my God, they're so well taken care of, something like that. I think Northern Uganda, they would probably be more proud of their warrior status, Um, you know, the courage, the fighting courage, um, and fighting strength. Well, that's what I think about them. Myself not being from the North means that their culture is also quite strange to me. So I cannot authoritatively say what they're proud of, or people from the East, what they're proud of.
3: In Rwandans, but you can also tell us about Ugandans. Rana. What are your observations? What are people proud of? We as African,
4: so we have something uh, in common. We love our culture, and uh, don't, we don't like discrimination. Whenever you show an African, especially in Uganda, Rwanda, Congo, whenever you show, you, you try to show him that you you discriminate him, obviously automatically he will show you uh, another image. So for those who are coming to visit our region, so they should uh, understand that and and take this as very important information. So uh, whenever you see a Ugandan or a Rwandan or a Congolese, so try to, to... to to show him that kind of uh, uh, humanity, so... Respect.
3: Yeah, otherwise you will mess up everything. An interesting point indeed. It's a fact that many times people who are not even aware of doing such things are doing them at times just out of being naive and, you know, nobody wants to be babysat. Nobody wants to be even, you know, perceived as uh, less or anything like that in any country in the world and the same here. And, and I would say specifically in the Rwanda, Rwandans are a very proud nation. So you need to come here with an open mind, treat people as your equals, learn from them, not just come to teach as many people do, come in here to change Africa God knows what. There's so much to learn, there's so much to get out of your friendly relationships with uh, local people and that's where the pride comes in yes
6: yeah Yeah. open mind is very important
1: um i mean i really appreciate especially that somebody would be asking about what are your people proud of you know what's their pride and um, but that's important to somebody i think is quite fascinating and quite worth noting well from us over here at sea africa breathe africa We would like to tune out with this tune especially for all of you and see you again at the next episode. Bye-bye. Kwaheri, as they say in Swahili. If you listen to the mountains If you listen to the hills If you listen to the river river, Running through the valley low if you listen to the birds in the trees, yeah. if you listen to the gentle breeze yeah. if you listen to the monkeys as they climb, listen to the gorilla
0: on the tree, they say, Breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah, see Africa, yeah. Yeah la 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 la, see Africa, Breathe Africa, yeah. see
1: Africa, yeah. You're walking through the hills, yeah, and you'll see the gentle breeze. There's a song you'll hear, going through the air, telling everybody there it's a See
7: Africa, breathe Africa, see Africa, yeah,
0: la 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 la, sea Africa, breathe Africa.
6: Yeah, I'd like to say
1: just everybody who's been tuned in a special special shout out to Pushkar Dimnik for the questions for tonight Thank you all for the lovely, lovely, engaging debate and interesting questions. And for us here at Sea Africa, Breathe Africa, I would like to say cheers. See you again. This is Kahiri signing out with miha Loda. Bye-bye. Kahiri has to say, oh, Sea Africa, Breathe
6: Africa, yeah. Sea Africa, yeah.